This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Are you tuning in just to see if I sound any better? (laughs) Oh, yes, things are looking up just a little bit. And part of the reason is spring is here. Things are budding. Oh, my girlfriend sent me beautiful flowers the other day, and the smile on my face is still enormous. What is it with plants? What is it with plants and flowers that make us so darn happy? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. I have three deck plants, you know, plants that are usually out on my back deck. I think they're geraniums and like a a palm tree kind of guy. Uh, They're in the second bedroom. They've been wintering there because we've got good sunlight in the second bedroom. But you know, they've had it now. They are starting to droop and get spindly and they want to be outside. And every day I'm saying to these plants, hang in there, hang in there just a few more weeks. I promise you'll be outside soon. And some of you are shaking your heads and thinking, I do that too. And others just think we're crazy. But I have a relationship with my plants. I love to water all the little plants around the house. I can't wait until summer to get out on the back deck. Here's what summer is to me. Summer is all the plants go out on the back deck, right? And then I move them around, move them around, move them around, move them around, get them just where I want them to be, and then it's fall. And we all come back inside. Do you do that too? I also have a little garden that I absolutely adore. It's uh, rocks and plants and all kinds of things. And the reason I have a garden is because of our guest today, Jan Johnson. Jan Johnson is an incredible gardener. She's an award-winning landscaper and author. She wrote the book Heaven is a Garden and the Spirit of Stone and Floratopia and Gardentopia. And she's been on the show a couple of times for her two latest books. And both times, she just gave me the courage to get in there and play. Just Stick something in the ground and and see what happens. You learn as you go, and you learn what the plants like. And we are going to learn a few fascinating things today. So welcome, Jan Johnson. You have discovered something pretty special, and that's a little-known aspect of nature that helps plants grow. So tell us all about that. So everyone knows that sunshine and water and fertilizer makes plants grow. Right. However, there's something else that makes plants grow that that we're just now finding out about. But I kind of figured it out when I was young. I was in high school. I was 16 years old, and I was really I was in an art high school in New York City. But I was really good in biology. So my science teacher asked me to uh, enter the New York City Science Fair, which. I did, reluctantly. And um, she said to me, well, what are you going to do your science experiment on? And I had no idea. And so at that point, I um, I thought about it and thought about it, and I came to her and I said, I want to do it about the effect of sound on the growth of plants. And she laughed hysterically. She thought it was the most ridiculous thing she had ever heard. In fact, she thought it was so silly that she brought me into the teacher's lounge and had me tell the other teachers what my experiment was because 
it was so hysterical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, to a 16-year-old, that was, you know, I was uh, mortified. I, I just, you know, 16-year-old, you know, make fun of me, what? So uh, that was the best thing that ever happened because I was going to show her that it wasn't so silly after all. Long story short, I won first prize at the New York City Science Fair. Wow. Tell us about the project. How did you, how, what was the experiment itself? Okay, so I uh, lived in an apartment in New York City, and so I couldn't play the radio all day long to my coleus plants on the windowsill. But what I could do is I could set up a a little box and set my uh, alarm clock on it that just ticked all day long. Tick, 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 tick. And then I had a uh, control far away so I couldn't hear the sound. And then I had someone else do it in their apartment as my backup. And the plants with the sound grew through times as much as the plants without the sound. Wow. Here's the part that's so fascinating. So when I did my research, and this, you have to understand, this was decades ago. This, I hate to tell you how old I am, but it was like in the late uh, 60s. <laughs> so um, when I did my research, I found that um, they had done some experiments in India, and they found that sitar music and violin music were the best Um, music or sound to make plants grow. Do we know what part of the plant is responding to the sound? Yes, we do. But back then, we didn't. Back then, I surmised, I told the judges that I thought the vibrations of the sound increased the flow of cytoplasm in, you know, make the plants, like our metabolism, frankly, to make the plants grow. And that sounded plausible, right? But we really didn't know. Okay, let's go forward a few decades. This is the best part of the story. And I'm sitting at my house, you know, reading some article. This is about 10 years ago or so. And they said in the article that violin music has the same megahertz as birdsong. Wow. And all of a sudden it hit me and I got chills up and down my body and I realized... Bird song, the sound of bird song makes plants grow. Oh man! Oh, and so man. is and now and I will now tell you why. Is, see, this is why I didn't want to let you know beforehand. Mm-hmm. What they found out was that um, the vibrations open up the pores on the bottom of the leaf, which which are called stomata, and so the stomata open up with these high-frequency vibrations of birdsong, and they uh, then absorb more oxygen or more carbon dioxide. Wow. 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 So, well, so well, well. the birds are communicating with the plants, and maybe, I don't know, I'm not the scientist, but maybe if the plant hears birdsong, he knows uh, there's life about, there's probably uh, pollination about, right? There's probably food exactly. source about. Oh, my goodness. And, and plants do their best growth, and I'm sure some of your listeners know this, in the morning. That's when plants, you know, kind of like us, you know, we wake up in the morning, we're all refreshed, and boom, you know, growth. Same thing with plants, so that when do the birds sing? In, in the, the morning. morning. In the morning. Well, I can't wait to tell my friend, Laura Giratano, about this, because Laura blasts Italian music into her garden every <laughs> summer for her tomatoes and her basil and her garlic. I'm not kidding. 
She See, swears. She, she knows how it works. She you swears. It's what makes her sauce so good. So this <laughs> is so, so great. All right. We're talking to Jan Johnson, who is an award-winning uh, landscaper and author and also a teacher at New York Botanical Gardens. And you want to share a wise gardener secret with us. Please do. Oh, yes. What can you tell us? Well, this basically follows what we just talked about that plants do their best growth in the morning. You know, by the afternoon, just like us, they're a little pooped and they don't do as much. So therefore, what wise gardeners do is they site their vegetable gardens and their rose gardens facing east. Oh. So if you had a choice of where to put something or where to grow something, don't necessarily think the super sunny western, you know, exposure is the best, because it's not. It's the east. When the sun comes up in the summertime it's literally north of east i I can get in so that if you face it even slightly northeast that's okay and that's when the sun comes up in the dawn in summertime and that's when the plants get hit with the sun and that's when they start to grow beautiful it also uh having exposure to the early morning sun dries off any dew that might collect on the plant so you don't have as much chance of say mildew or something like that mm-hmm. right got it all right you have some uh here in the hudson valley we need to know about deer resistant plants and flowers oh so much right i mean that's really the uh, key and people say well i can't grow flowers because the deer will eat them and i'm here to tell you that there are many deer resistant flowers that they will not touch name a couple Okay, there's a perennial, which means they come back every year, perennial salvia, and they come up in shades of blue, and that comes back every year, and you can combine the blue perennial salvia with catmint, not catnip, but catmint, which also blooms blue. Everybody loves blue gardens, right? That's true. It's true, and blue is usually a little hard to find. That's right. And so here are two deer-resistant flowers that come back every year, blue perennial salvia and blue catmint, and then you combine that with iris. But you get the iris that has variegated leaves, green and white leaves, because honestly, the iris leaves are beautiful, and they look great when they're with these other flowering plants. All right. And uh, the, and deer don't touch them. I wrote them down. Blue salvia, cat mint, and the irises with the variegated leaves. Uh, you told me something years ago that I've never forgotten, and that is don't plant too early. Let the earth warm up a bit. Oh, yes. That is such a... Um, I, did, I told you that. That's a good, mm-hmm. good tip. Because, you know, say you go out tomorrow and behold, it's 70 degrees on April 1st or something like that. That doesn't mean the soil's 70 degrees. Right. And so... You have to wait for the earth to catch up, and otherwise you're planting in cold, wet, soggy ground. And, you know, plant, plants don't appreciate that necessarily. Um, you know, we started out talking about how sound affects uh, the growth of plants, and it got me thinking about, I wonder, like, the plants around uh, an airport or something like that, I wonder if they're stunted because of the loud sound. Is that a thing? I, You know, they, they said, when they did experiments later on, they found that heavy metal music actually stunts the growth. Yeah. So I would I would think you're absolutely right. Because it's a little assaultive to the senses. And what about talking to plants? Is that something you do? I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, now that's when you really get into uh, into the uh, you know esoteric aspects, which I am into, where attention. If you pay attention to the plants, there actually is a, a frequency that they get. And the only way I can prove that to the to the doubters among us is to read the book by um, Emoto about uh, water, mm-hmm. messages in Mes- the water. Messages in water. Yes, yes, yes. Messages in water. That's so much fun. Right, and he started out doing a science experiment and then found that uh, we're all connected. (laughs) And our thoughts are really uh, do affect everything around us. Yeah, yeah. I have two plants on my desk that I rescued during COVID from an office uh, where there's no longer employees. And I feel so close to these plants because during the lockdown, I was still coming to work every day. And and many people weren't. And I have these two plants that were so sickly and sad looking. Now they're, of course, overflowing with gorgeousness. I have a very sunny window in my office. But I actually miss them when I leave on the weekend. I'm like, I'll See? be back soon. Thank you so much for being beautiful. Like, I See, love I, that. I, I really, I mean it. I think they respond to that. They yeah. really do. Or, or this is the other wonderful book, you know, groundbreaking book called, um, it was about the uh, talking to plants. Yeah, it's just amazing how how everything does respond to us. And, you know, we used to poo-poo that. I think people are coming around to realizing that, don't you? Yes, and especially I was just reading in Better Homes and Gardens online that so many studies have been done, especially by the Dutch, about how gardening is good for your health, how it reduces cortisol, how it it boosts your cognitive faculties, how the vitamin D in the sun is good for so many things. So we just encourage everybody to get out there. And the book is called Secret Life of Plants. Secret Life of Plants. Yep. I have read that. I have read that myself. You encouraged me to get out there. You said you don't need a pedigree. You don't need to go what you're doing, know what you're doing, just put stuff in the ground and see what happens. And that was really the best advice because I have so much fun now in the garden. It's not the most beautiful garden, but I'm having a ball. But you're having a ball, and and it's such a and you can have a friend come over and and do it together. I mean, seriously, you know, it's a uh, as long as you're not into the hard hard labor part of it. If you if you oh, that's the other thing I'd like to 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 say Please. is it's all about the soil. Mm. It's not about the plant. It's about the soil. It, what's the best like? Because I know it, you need different soil for different kinds of plants. But what's the best thing we could do to just nurture the the soil in our little gardens? Add compost, and and you can actually go out and buy bagged compost. And um, now they have the lobster compost or anything that's based with sea kelp, anything from the sea. Add compost. It just even if people say, well, well, I have plants established, I can't really do it. Then put it on top of the soil in a very thin layer. Because it's the microorganisms that will go into the soil. And and what about chicken poop? Because I have a lot of chicken poop. Oh, you do. Oh, you. That's right. That's right. Well, you have, as you probably know, you have to age it. You have to age it. You cannot take that fresh uh, chicken manure and put it on on the plants because it'll burn it like crazy. Okay. How long do I need to age this? Well, I, I'm not an expert on that, but I, I would imagine at least six months. And you can add some, 
leaf clippings or lawn clippings with it, you know, to um, kind of cut the strength of it all. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure everyone will be fascinated to know I have a year-old pile of chicken poop in my backyard. There you go. I'm going to put that to good use. Yep. All right. Exactly. Jan Johnson, tell everybody where to go to find out more about you. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, I started something called a Substack, which I think is a wonderful idea, where I post twice a, twice a week, free, free to subscribers. And it's Jan Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-E-N, Johnson, janjohnson.substack.com. One word, Substack. All right. And the books, Heaven is a Garden, The Spirit of Stone, Gardentopia, Floritopia. What are you teaching at the uh, Botanical Gardens these days? Oh, I think I'm teaching next week, as a matter of fact. And I think next week I'm talking about learning from before and after. And I show pictures of before and then what we did and what it looked like after and how to do it. I love doing that. Thank you, Jan Johnson janjohnson.substack.com and another shout out to my girlfriend Laura G playing the Italian music to your tomatoes Laura you're absolutely right something's happening now uh, Jan mentioned a couple of books and I wrote down the titles for you again Masaru Emoto who wrote The Hidden Messages in Water and Peter Tompkins and Christopher Bird wrote The Secret Life of Plants I have both of them at home they are such great reads. They really make something in your spirit go, ah. But then if you hit the scientific reviews, the scientists are like, eh, I'm not so sure about that. But our communication with plants is definitely something that resonates with many of us. And I'll just urge you to give it a try. If you have a little desk plant or something on the kitchen windowsill, give it a little love and see if two things don't happen. See if you don't start to feel something about that plant and see if, too, it doesn't respond to your loving attention. The three plants that Jan mentioned to plant in your garden that the deer won't eat, blue salvia, cat mint, and iris with the variegated leaves. I hope I remember to get them. I'm going to keep this list with me. I get so excited just thinking about being out in the garden, just thinking about it. So good for my spirit, so good to get my hands dirty. Now, I want to share with you, too, that article from Better Homes and Gardens, because I want you to know the whole thing. So uh, this is at bhg.com, betterhomesandgardens.com. And there was a Dutch study that says gardening relieves cortisol is a natural steroid that helps us respond to stress. And this Dutch study found that gardening after a stressful event offered greater stress relief than, say, reading. But don't worry, reading decreases stress too, but gardening decreases stress more, according to this study. And the bacteria in soil may also help combat stress. This bacteria have been noted to act like an antidepressant, establishing a strong immune system as well. I mean, it's nice to dream that help from depression could be as close as the dirt under our feet. Isn't that a nice thought? And the article goes on to say that gardening counts as exercise. Like you're carrying planters, you're digging holes, you're stretching, you're pulling weeds, maybe you're pushing a mower. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention categorizes gardening as moderate physical activity and notes that it can burn more than 300 calories an hour. That's the same as, say, golfing. 
if you're walking and carrying your clubs. One study suggested gardening may help offset age-related weight gain. I'll try anything. And there are other tangible physical benefits, too, like enhancing dexterity and hand strength. I'll tell you, it doesn't seem like you're doing much, but you're going to feel muscles you didn't know you had, and then you're going to sleep real well. The article says gardening hinders dementia. It's not just the physical workout. Gardening is good for your brain. It boosts cognitive function and could protect against the onset of dementia. One study found a 30% lower risk of dementia in gardeners. So you know you're supposed to get a little sunshine. The plants need sunlight, and your body does too. Gardening helps fight chronic conditions like heart disease and diabetes because of the vitamin D. Now, when you're in the sun, of course, wear a hat, wear your sunscreen, but get that vitamin D. It's good for your metabolism, for your immune system. It has positive effects on type 2 diabetes, heart disease, bone health, depression. Vitamin D is believed to regulate gastrointestinal distress. So you get that time out in the sun safely. Gardening, the article goes on to say, also connects people to a broader community. I mean, you could just be in the garden department of any big store, standing there gazing at a plant, and somebody's going to come up and start talking to you about their plants or their experience with that plant. And community gardens really combat the health impacts of loneliness. Community gardens form social bonds and support networks. But like I said, just having conversation in the plant store, everybody's going to have an opinion for you. And you know this is true. Simply being in nature affects your mood. Gardening improves your mood, improves your self-esteem. It's been linked to fighting depression and other mental illnesses. Studies say gardening has been beneficial for children with behavioral problems. And a study of the emotional well-being associated with common daily activities, walking, shopping, dining out, found that gardening consistently ranked in the top five activities for providing happiness and meaningfulness. I do have a meaningful relationship with my plants. And finally, gardening helps you eat a healthier diet. If you're popping some herbs and veggies in the garden, you're more likely to eat herbs and veggies. Kids will too. Except for my little cousin Tess, who planted tomatoes last year, and then when they grew, she didn't want to eat them because they were her friends. Ah, she's one of us. So get out in the garden and play, 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 even if it's just a window box or something on your windowsill. I cannot recommend it enough. And do let me know if you need some chicken poop. Mine is aged to perfection. Hi, it's Casey. You're listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. We have the mother-daughter one-day retreat coming up at Mariondale. It's just 10 till 4, lunch is included, maybe a walk in nature, definitely some fun conversations. Mothers and daughters of all ages, I would say from middle school on, are welcome to attend. We're going to have a great day May 7th. Visit mariondale.org or caseysplace.com. We are, what, like 15 days into our 40-day journey? Traveling on a little uh, journey of positivity. You find an intention and you read along with the group every day. I'm posting, I'm posting affirmations and quotes and sort of guiding the journey along on Instagram and at caseysplace.com and on the Circle of Women page on Facebook. And if you live here in the Hudson Valley, the market on the river is going to open May 8th, Mother's Day. That's the market that supports the Let It Shine Food Pantry. It's at Cortland Waterfront Park in Verplank. And you know what we decided to do for the month of May? The market runs Sundays, Mother's Day through Halloween. The month of May is free. The month of May is free. Come try us out. See if you like it. If you like it, stay for the rest of the season or pop in when you can. 
If you need more information about that, visit LetItShineOnline.com, LetItShineOnline.com. And we are still, of course, giving away free prom dresses, free graduation dresses, free quinceanera and sweet 16 dresses at the Let It Shine Again Boutique, and that's in Verplank. Why are we doing that? Because it's fun. Why are we doing that? Because it's good for the earth. We don't need all these dresses ending up in landfills. We can just keep wearing them and passing them around. Buy new shoes. Shoes you can wear forever. And maybe a nice little purse. You get a nice evening bag. You can have that for like your whole life. (sighs) Okay, time for our thought for the day. And our thought for the day is from Audrey Hepburn, who said, Gardening is the greatest tonic and therapy a human being can have. Even if you only have a tiny piece of earth, you can create something beautiful, which we all have a great need for. If we begin by respecting plants, it's inevitable we'll respect people too. Shine up. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine on.